Allow myself to introduce myself. There's lappers in his citadel He's stuck inside laser eye hell Looking down from a sniper nest LC refuses to get dressed Oh my my, oh hell yes Plebs defined as oppressed It was too cold to cry when I woke up alone I can't stay quiet when Pedro's involved All right, today I have the privilege of speaking with one of the pioneers of the Bitcoin plebcast space, if there is such a thing. Elsie Hoddle is a host of a widely known and respected blue collar plebcast. And I think that Nico and Phil both may have started the plebcast movement before they epically joined forces and grew the Simply Bitcoin YouTube show together. But it was really with Elsie's show that I first heard the term plebcast. And I feel like at that point, Coin Icarus passed the torch to you. Uh, for a while, you were my only regular listen, and I don't think anybody else was really doing what you were doing. And I appreciate you joining me on Children of the Corn today, sir. Wow, that is a hell of a uh, introduction. <laughs> giving me a lot to live up to, Andrew. <laughs> uh, you were you were pulling the whole thing for a while. <laughs> um, but you had me on your show a couple times, and you stayed in touch, and I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It'll, listen, this. I've come to find there's like people you meet in Bitcoin um, and there's people you meet in Bitcoin who become like friends and people who become like family and uh, like you're one of those people like you and Phil and Pirate and, you know, uh, Ronan Miner and, you know, a handful of other people are like, you know, it's a phone call and I'll hop on a plane. Uh, I appreciate it, man. That's huge. And I, I always enjoy our, our chats when we're not doing these things. <laughs> um, but uh, before we go any further, you've got a lot of different Twitter accounts. And for our several listeners, because I don't have quite the following you have, what Twitter account are you identifying with these days? Uh, they can just follow uh, the BC pleb is uh, the blue car blue collar pleb cast page. That's probably the, the one that I'm like, if somebody wants to follow me, they should just follow that page because that's the only one that doesn't get banned. All my other accounts get banned. What are they like temporary ban and then they come back and they end up with a whole bunch of them? Uh, so like a lot of people, we know, I have uh, an issue with authority and <laughs> when they send me a thing that says you must delete this, this, and this, if you want your account back, I pretty much just say, fuck you. And I'll make another account. <laughs> um, and then you had just mentioned that you've been kind of like, um, off of Twitter for the last little bit. What's been going on with you? Um, I mean, I think it's healthy to take a Twitter break uh, every yeah. once in a while. It had been a while since I had taken a Twitter break. Um, and on top of that, like I have, I've worked a lot in my life to have what I have. And, uh, you know, I have a beautiful family and we have a little homestead and, you know, we have a business and, uh, you know, I have a very addictive personality. Anybody who's ever listened to anything I've talked on, uh, you know, my history is full of addiction. So um, Twitter can be that for me too. And, you know, it, 
I just felt it was really important to, I decided to take a month off and spend some time with my family and really, you know, be present. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for not, I don't know. I was kind of disgusted with myself, to be honest. I, I found myself sitting on the couch, like two feet away from my wife and we're both staring at our phones and it's like, yeah, it's everything that I say that I hate and like I, I'm living it. So it's like, I had to take some time to reconnect to what's important. Good for you, man. I, I support this. Um, yeah. The last time we talked, you were like, you need to come on Twitter and post some more. And I was like doing really good, like not do it. Then you're like, I just took a break. I'm like, sure. Duality, right? Um, but speaking of that, how is the family doing? Good, man. Good. Um, my youngest turned two last weekend. Um, we took him down to Connecticut to a dino world type thing and he had a blast and, uh, my four-year-old is doing great in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's about oh, to nice. get a new belt. So that's been fun. He's starting soccer, which I'm not too excited about because I never wanted to be a sports dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the wife's great. Um, you know, another, another reason that I took a break from Twitter is we uh, are, like, making some big steps professionally. Uh, some things are changing for us. Um, you know, we're creating a legal corporation and, uh, you know, for the first time, my wife is going to work from our company. Um, she's also going to keep her job, but she, you know, she's going to be on the books with, with our company and, you know, we're, we're making some moves to become a legitimate company. And, uh, anybody who's ever done that knows that it takes every ounce of your concentration to make sure you don't fuck that up. So, uh. You know, like I said, just taking some time to really focus on the important stuff and making sure that, uh, you know, I take care of my family first. I work really hard uh, to go from the life that I used to live to the life that I currently have. And, uh, you know, I don't ever want to lose sight of that. When I feel myself losing sight of it, I, I try to uh, take away the things that are distracting me from it so I have a chance to appreciate it. But I thought Bitcoin Twitter was the important stuff. <laughs> it's so bad, too, because like I'll... Uh, I've like popped in to like look at a post or something because I'm in a I'm in a chat with uh, Phil and Pirate and a handful of memers uh, who do some memeing for uh, Pleb Underground. And I'm like, they'll like post and all I see is the hyperlink and I'm like, curiosity's got the better of me now. Like, I need to know what the post is. Uh, today Pirate's was like mess. pushing me. He's like, come on, man. Welcome back. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I can't put that in there if you don't post it on Twitter. I'm like... <laughs> The first hit's free. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. What what do you get out of legitimizing your corporation? Like, how's that good for you? Um. So, I hate the state as much as anybody. Right. Uh, but sometimes you have to play the game. And oh, yeah. um, God knows I do. Yeah. So. We've been running as a DBA, which for anybody who doesn't know, that stands for doing business as. So mm -hmm. essentially, when you run a DBA, you just run a business, quote unquote, uh, under your personal social, mm -hmm. um, which was fine when I had nothing. <laughs> uh, but when you start to acquire things in life that you care about, like my property, mm -hmm. my home, 
uh, our vehicles. If something, God forbid, should go wrong, somebody can sue me for what I own. Um, once we incorporate, the business is its own legal entity. So the worst case scenario is somebody could, could sue the business and take everything that the business has in its name. Uh, but I wouldn't lose my house. I wouldn't lose our cars. I, so there's, that's a big piece of it. Um, the other part of it is I don't want to work my whole life. And, uh, you know, our plan is really like 10 years from now to be done. And in order to do that, I think the most viable option is to build a business that I can turn around and sell. Uh, and I can't sell a DBA because there's nothing to sell. All I have is equipment. Um, so if I have a corporation then I can turn around and sell the entire entity later on down the road, um, you know, and be paid for my hard work. Well, that's, that's a pretty good answer. D does that help you take advantage of that new certification you had? Didn't you have some kind of new design certification or something? Oh God, I've gone through. So now I'm, well, I'm a licensed well driller. I'm a licensed, what they call a licensed sample collector. Uh, in the state of Rhode Island, you need a license in order to collect a water sample, which is fucking foolish. But I got one of those. Um, I have a hydraulics license. I have a CDL class B. Uh, all these things that I've acquired over the last year to really like round out uh, what a healthy business should look like and be able to run in a way that, uh, you know, you're not looking over your shoulder. I, I, I got into this business working for my father and my father ran a DBA for a long time. And, um, <laughs> it's always so much stress of like, Oh, when can we move the machines? Cause this and this isn't legal. And, Oh, we got to do this. Cause this isn't legal. And, Oh, Oh, was, was that OSHA? Because we're not following this guideline. And it's like, there's so much extra stress that comes along with that. So, just really setting up and like getting the right licenses and getting the right insurances and, you know, playing the game so that, I don't know. I, I tell my wife all the time, like, uh, you know, business is chess. It's not checkers. And if you play it as checkers, all you end up with is a piggy bank. And, uh, you know, that's the way I describe my father's business was he created a piggy bank. He, had something that he ran as a DBA and it made an ass ton of money and he could just spend at his leisure how he wanted. And uh, that's great and fun over the years, but <laughs> there's no end game in that. Mm. You know, it's, it's very nearsighted. And, uh, you know, we've watched several friends go through the same process and do the same things as he did. And uh, you go from living on high to broke <laughs> real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Sounds well thought out. Just as an aside, um, I don't know if this is an insult or a compliment, but I'm talking like you and Wanakis and uh, Optimist, and you guys are all like better looking guys than I imagined. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's good or bad, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not, uh, contrary to popular belief on Bitcoin Twitter, we're not all living in our mom's basement, even though I am currently in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own basement damn it yeah um and i was i was thinking about what to talk to you about and i was you know just going back and i was thinking about how last summer i remember camping and just listening to show after show of yours um and i was looking back it looks like you started your show last august mm -mm. is that right 
nope. you've been at it longer yeah oh when did you start so yours? what i did was uh in august of last year i went back and edited some things oh so when you edit in the app that i use it when you make an edit to an episode it saves as that date oh they're all that date yeah okay that makes more sense in my head then because i was like that's really weird yeah so i was uh why do you fuck up like, all your dates late may i think because i didn't have any uh like season and episode numbers uh-huh so i was like oh it would be helpful if i had like a way to i never thought it was gonna last like i thought i'd do like 10 episodes and then it would just like fizzle out and it took off and so i like i was like when i'm trying to tell somebody who to listen to like it would be nice to have like a season and an episode to go back to so i went back and i was like oh that's easy i'll just add them and then i added them and it changed every day and i was like shit <laughs> but yeah it was uh coin icarus was my first episode and it was late may last year no what happened to that other guy the minnesota guy he was not the uh I don't think I put a season and an episode on it. Yeah, you're talking I... to a true fan here. I know the history. <laughs> yeah, BTC season, or uh, <laughs> also known as uh, Mini Minnesota Hoddle. Yeah, he um, he was like my third or my fourth episode, but I went back and I didn't. For some reason, he didn't get. Oh, he rage quit. He rage quit Twitter, and I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, you've had a lot of good guests, though. A lot of people. I've heard only on your show and it's all been good. Um, yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I can theorize on like this, this way that I try to do it, but there's really no, like, there's no reason rhyme or reason really to anything that I do on that show. It's just, I find people that I find interesting. Um, and I want to have a conversation with, and I ask him to come on the podcast and I have a conversation with, you know, there's, there's somebody right now, actually, that I've been bugging for a while to come on. Um, and he's still like on the fence, but I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. I think he's gray. Every man on Twitter. Is yeah. Channel. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about him too. So he's like, he doesn't say much, but he likes the right no. stuff. Yeah. And he's in, he's in our homesteading group and he like, he's just like a really big brain when it comes to like gardening and stuff. And uh, like, we click on a lot of the same things and it's just, again, somebody that I find interesting and I would like to like have a longer conversation with them than a Twitter yeah. post. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. You hear that? You hear that? You got to come on. Frida wants <laughs> to hear you. Um, but I, I listened, I listened to a lot of you and, you and Phil's stuff and that kind of inspired me to want to have conversations of my own um who what other shows are you listening to yourself these days i'm gonna offend some people because i have such a short list um so uh i listen to talking in bits um which is a really really good podcast um with a buddy of mine who was was from massachusetts i think he's in texas now um but he was like the one who pushed me and like helped me set up my podcast, him and Phil. Um, so I listened to him. I listened to Max bit by bits podcast, which is, mm -hmm. I probably couldn't tell you the right name of it. Um, I listened to him and I listened to the new pleb underground podcast and that's about it. 
Who does I mean, talking you, in bits? You, of course you. Sorry, yes, of course. Of yeah, course yeah, you sure. Are. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Have you seen the new uh, Club Underground? Um, what do you think so far? I mean, I wish Walton would put a fucking shirt on, but... Yeah, that'd be nice. And, like, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I made a gift meme for him, and I almost went to Twitter to, to post it. That was... uh. Have you seen the the gif that's from Wolf of Wall Street and they're like uh one of us, one of yeah. us pounding on the table? So I like made that and I changed it to let Phil talk. Let <laughs> Phil talk. Let Phil talk. Um Walton, I believe, is gonna be my next guest. And I booked him before he came out with Phil. And then he, he's like, Did you know that I'm doing this thing with Phil? But don't tell anybody. I was like, What? Really? So <laughs> ask him how mi6 is i think he's a spook but we're friends but he's a spook could be he's like this new guy he's got like all these followers and i'm like where'd this guy come from yeah but, he was around last year in spaces a lot and i don't know he's a spook. um but i like listening to him talk he's he, him and phil have some good chemistry um he's lucky that i have a soft spot for british accents <laughs> it's kind of unfair it makes them sound smarter i think it does right like yeah. I have a trailer trash accent, so I don't sound smart. So it's like not fair. Uh, my Buffalo accent's not doing me any favors. But, <laughs> um, but I heard, did you, did you plan to do three hours with pirate? No. What the hell? I plan to do like an hour and a half with pirate. Um, yeah, that just, that just sort of happened. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. I talk to him a lot. I mean, we, we text back and forth all the time. I had no idea about some of that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, so me and Pyra had that first episode that we did last year. Um, and like, we got to know each other a little bit and, you know, we kind of kept in touch and uh, like me and you ended up becoming good friends and then through that, I got more tied in with Pirate. And he, he was just like, dude, I feel like we would be friends if we live close. And I was like, yeah, like we click on a lot of things, you know, and we started talking more and more. And he was like, ah, I need to come on the podcast again. I need to come on the podcast again. There's so much shit I want to talk about. And it was like, all right. And now me and him are like homies. Like we talk all the time. And like I have his number. We talk all the time. Like I asked him about the business stuff when I was like going to incorporate the business. I was like, hey little help here and he, he like you know steered me in the right direction he's uh pirates good people yeah he uh he was telling a story about the bully in jail and i was like <laughs> horrified and interested and it was it was intriguing <laughs> i told him i was like someday me and you will sit down and have like jail conversations <laughs> pirates like yeah not here let's do it later yeah, yeah we're not doing it here um, like my wife listens to all my episodes so so after you set the Guinness world record for the longest podcast ever, it just like <laughs> cut off abruptly at the end. What happened with the editing? No, it did. Yeah. Pyro was just in the middle of saying something and your, your show just stopped. Oh, did I send it to you in a DM or did you listen to it on Spotify? Uh, well, I use pocket casts. Hmm. Weird. So I'll have to go back and look. Cause I had two, <laughs> I had two files. So Fuckboy does all my editing. Uh -huh. And I had two files and one of them I sent him like cut off early. And then the other one like went all the way to the end. And I thought I posted the right one, but apparently I didn't post the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
now when you rename it it's going to be like august of 21 now yeah right exactly and it's like i was like wow i thought that would have more views and maybe it doesn't have more views so i've always wanted to kind of dive into your background a little bit more and i heard you talking about growing up in motorcycle gang clubhouses and i i watched the entire sons of anarchy series so i consider myself kind of an expert in motorcycle gangs now oh god i want to hear about that experience and try to understand how that shaped you um but don't bullshit me because i know about motorcycle (laughs) uh so what can i really talk about um so like i have family uh who are involved with uh some motorcycle enthusiast clubs and um it was (laughs) i'll say it like this looking back it was a very interesting upbringing uh but as a kid you don't realize like where you are and like (laughs) the people you're around um you know come to find out later like you know i was around guys that had like been in jail for manslaughter and guys that i was around when i was a kid are now doing life in jail for murder like these were like dudes that bounced me on their knee when i was a kid and like would give me five bucks to go play the jukebox like it it wasn't it i don't know how to explain it like it wasn't it wasn't this crazy like violent terrible place like the movies like to play it up as uh it was like a very loving environment you felt very safe um and you know i'm still in touch with a lot of that family and you know they they were uh they were involved with a support club um for a very famous we'll we'll say a very famous motorcycle club and uh like you know they'd throw cookouts and these guys would roll in 10 15 deep and we're having a pig roast and it's just like normal like oh that's not a big deal that's so and so and this is so and so and this is so and so and it's like you know years later you look back and you're like holy shit like (laughs) i was like i mean i grew up in a house we've talked about it before um like i grew up in a house where my dad was an avid gun collector um you know i always grew up around firearms i was taught to shoot when i you know had a brain that could comprehend safety so five six years old uh you know my birthday presents were guns or knives and like it was that was all very normal to me so it, it wasn't anything that set off alarm bells when i was young like going to cookouts at you know, looking back now, I know it was a clubhouse, but like, I didn't know then, like I'd go to these cookouts and hang out with these guys and like, everybody had a gun and it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like we have 200 guns at home. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's no big deal. Um, but looking back, it's, it's far more interesting than it was, uh, you know, as a child, like Hmm. I have friends that I grew up with that took that path um you know friends that were 
around when I was young and they decided that like, that's what they wanted to do with their life. Uh, like some things that I never thought I would say is like, thank God that I had a stint of like being a junkie in my life. Cause um, for the people that don't know, that is very frowned upon in that culture. Hmm. Uh, like that's a fast way to end up in a hole. So I knew that I like partying way too much to like be around them. Uh, as I got, you know, as I got into my later teens and my early twenties. Um, but there were always like connections to it. Like the guys that I worked construction for that owned the companies all had ties. It was just, you know, when you're born into a family like that, <laughs> like that's what it is. It was very normal. Like we, you know, I grew up in, in, in an environment that was very much like we take care of our own. And, uh, you know, there was never a situation that required you to pick up the phone and call 911. Um, that was just not something you did. Uh, we self-policed and, you know, if somebody did something wrong, like it was all taken care of in house. And, uh, you know, I carry a lot of the, the ethos that I was taught, uh, subliminally taught, I guess, uh, with me today. Like that's, that's the way my family runs and that's the way my household runs. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If you have specific questions, I'd be happy to answer those. Well, it's like, do you know any biker Bitcoiners? And do you think any of the ethos of the two overlap? I know that a very prominent uh, club has quite a substantial mine. Hmm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, you I can know, say like that. a nerd biker club. Uh, I, you could try <laughs> calling them that. <laughs> I might not recommend it. <laughs> um, they like money. Put it that way. Yeah, those so guys they, like money and. There's, there's a very real uh, aspect to it of your worth resides around what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, Proof of so work. If you, don't, if you don't bring anything to the table, then they have no use for you. So the, the topic of the day kind of makes me sad. I don't know how much you've been following it because I'm not sure if we're in the same talk group or whatever, but but, you know, it's just talking about like the, the pleb culture and, and what it means. So like for you, like what does it mean to produce Bitcoin pleb content? Loaded question. Wow. What a question. And, and, it, and it's, it's uh, pertinent to what's going on, I think. Um, hmm. So I think in order to answer that, the first thing you have to do is really like define what a pleb means. Mm -hmm. um, to me, a pleb is anybody who is more substantially than not underneath the government's thumb. Um, and in a way that it negatively impacts your life. Um, because you know everybody's under the government's thumb, right? That'll be the argument. Everybody's under the government's thumb. Okay, but there's people that are closer to the money spigot. There are people that benefit from the government being the way that the government is. Mm -hmm. Uh, those people to me aren't plebs. Mostly, it's the laborers who are, are getting the worst of it. 
even that I think is like, like I fucking hate unions. <laughs> so like, if you're a laborer for a small construction company and you're a laborer in the union, we're not the same. Hmm. Like you, you lean on a shovel and get paid exorbitant amounts of money. Okay. Uh, you know, anybody who, for people who don't know or aren't familiar with like that part of the economy, uh, a brief example of that is a private carpenter would make probably $25, $30 an hour. Um, a union carpenter makes somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to to $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're no better. <laughs> Why does the free market not overcome that? That's a great question. Be greed. Hmm. Greed. Greed. There's, I don't know. It's an unfair playing field somehow. Probably uh, fiat has something to do with it. But you and I, I mean, just talking about the pleb stuff, you and I had a big debate, one of our talks about the pros and cons of sponsorship. <laughs> and, you know, what's been going on now is, you know, Swan sponsors some of our friends and and this you know swan was a really stand-up company and they were doing an awesome job and you gotta go their there, ethos was really good and, and now they're bringing in these these spokespeople namely pedro but there's a couple of other ones that just you know aren't aren't exactly pure in in maybe the plebs eyes um and and that's just causing kind of like a ruckus um and i hate to see it like dividing you know people that we love um but but that's kind of like the debate that's going on today and i'd just be remiss if i didn't bring it up especially yeah, pedro i mean that guy's just probably just cancer i think uh, P- pirate said that on your show and i was like yeah that's right but so you want my really unpopular opinion about peter mccormick you love him not at all i've actually <laughs> never listened to an episode of what bitcoin did okay um here's my unpopular opinion about pedro i think he's not a good person um i think that he's probably the memes about him are probably more accurate than not uh but but due to my background and like where i where what i went through in my 20s and being an active addiction and getting clean um my heart kind of goes out to the guy um having an addictive personality uh and having the kind of money that he has access to has to be a difficult position to be in is he an addict yes oh uh supposedly an addict that's been clean for like nine years or something i read Mm -hmm. one of his posts uh, but last year when he was coming back from El Salvador, there was a picture of him laying on the plane with his back all fucked up. Uh, and I like took one look at it and I was like, that dude's rocked on Oxycontin, like no question. And seeing like the hardcore downward spiral that his like view on things has taken his attitude towards like the pleb culture my heart goes out to him like he the dude's a struggling addict like it's so obvious to me Mm -hmm. that he's a fucking mess 
Do it, does it excuse all the shit that he's doing? No. Well, like, you didn't turn into a giant douche. Yeah. 100%. The dude's a giant douche. Don't get right. me wrong. But but that's the thing. That's like the lie of the whole thing is that he's always been like this. Like he's been like the apex shitcoin apologist since at least 2017. And whenever you get like these influencers that kind of start going astray, he's the first person that brings them on and wants to hear both sides of the story because maybe there's a good reason for it. And, you know, he, that that's like his role in the whole thing is to kind of be the apologist. And, and I've always been offended by that. I just think yeah, it's dangerous. I, it's really dangerous because he like legitimizes yes. people. He's the first person to be like, oh, well, Breedlove, you know, you're really smart. Come on back and talk to us about your stuff. Or, Well, I mean, just ask Breedlove. He'll tell you he's a top mind in the space. Yeah. Um, but before that, it was Jameson Lopp. You know, it was just, there's a long list of those things. So like when I when I want to figure out who to stay away from, I, I go to what Bitcoin did and I scroll through all the guests. And I'm like, okay, don't listen to any of these people because there's something shady about them. It's sad to see the, um, like what he does to someone's reputation once they go on his show. Um, and what he does to like people's mindset, um, is he's a lot smarter than a lot than he wants people to think. Uh, he plays the stupid role. I don't know anything. I'm so dumb. Yeah. Uh, but he is very manipulative. He mm-hmm. is very smart. Phil told me, actually, I had asked Phil about him a long time ago. And Phil said, when you meet him, you understand why he has the platform that he has. Hmm. Because he's very well-spoken. He's very charismatic. He's very easy to like. Um, now, is he a spook? That those are definitely the parameters to be a spook. Like you have to easily be able to, you know, integrate into a culture and be very approachable and easy to talk to. And, you know, he, he checks all those boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they love to have assets that they have something to leverage against. If he really is a nine year clean addict, that's a huge piece of leverage. Kind of weirdly successful out of nowhere. Yes. It's, it's out of the Andreas playbook of, well, I'm just curious. I don't know. But you're like, yeah, you do. You're, you're too smart to not know things. Yes. And, it, you know, a lot of the things he does, it, like he's a lot of the shit he does is bad actor shit. Like, you know, if you go back, there's a lot of him talking about like how hard it is to run a node and how, you know, you don't really have to do that. And like that shit is poisonous. Like you can't be saying shit like that with that large of a platform. Yeah, but Pirate poked that nest today and then everybody got all bent out of shape. And I told him, because I talked to him, I was like, you knew you knew that people were getting all pissed off when he said something. <laughs> it's, and now as far as like the swan thing, <clears throat> let me start by saying uh, I, I've been in a few chats with um, Corey. Okay. Uh he is also very charismatic and well-spoken. Yeah. Pirate really likes him. Yeah. Um, I've had some conversations with him, uh, you know, in telegram and stuff and, you know, he's funny. He can bullshit. And, but, you know, I forget who I was talking to when I, when I said this, but like, 
as much as when you come into Bitcoin, we don't care about what your background is outside of Bitcoin. Uh, when somebody comes to Bitcoin and you know their background, you have to take that into consideration with every single thing they do and say. Um, that being said, Corey's a businessman. And he, kudos to him for playing the long game. Because he was really embedded in pleb culture uh, before he like took this step towards like Peter and fucking Nat Brunel. And yeah. like, it, he like really played the long game on the pleb thing before he was willing to like to think that he had like, I have enough, I have enough clout with the plebs. Like, I'm going to take this step and I can do it because I have enough clout with the plebs. And, uh, I mean, he was fucking wrong because we don't care who you are. I mean, that's the whole pleb culture, though. It's like, what? That's uh, that's. I mean, that's that's why there is a pleb culture is that we're not tied to uh, pressures to to join in on the the circus, right? Um, we're the guy outside the bank telling you that it's not a good idea to put your money in the bank. Yeah, uh, you know, if you go, if you rewind the clock. 150 years but, where the guy telling you hey don't go give that place your gold and get pieces of paper that say you have gold like that's not a good idea and people are like you're crazy they can be trusted like mm -hmm. we are those people just of a different era and it's not easy to be the canary in the coal mine so to say like it's not easy to play that role like a lot of people think that like the toxic maximalist thing is like the easy route to take right like oh it's so easy to be toxic it's so easy to just be a dickhead but it's really not like it's not easy to like come out and give the unpopular opinion it's much easier to retweet what bitcoin did and get 300 likes yeah Right. Or like give them host the spaces and like have somebody of questionable morals come in that spaces and then give them time to talk. Like these are things that for me would never happen ever. You know, I, <laughs> that shit's never going to happen. You will, if, the, if there's ever a day that I have an episode come out where you look at a guest and you're like, what the fuck is that person doing on his podcast? If you don't call me, like, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> like, you need to call me out because, like, that's – I learned in recovery, right? There used to be this uh, saying in recovery when I first got clean that we're each other's eyes and ears. Um, meaning, like, you, you can't spot your own self-deception, right? My, my sponsor, when I got clean, used to say it's hard to see the whole picture when you're standing in it. So – we can't spot when we're deceiving ourselves about somebody or about a certain topic or about a certain company or about a certain influencer. So the pleb culture has really taken on this like life of its own where we really are each other's eyes and ears. And we really are like that canary in the coal mine where like our delivery may be rough, but there's a reason for it. There's a reason we're telling you don't do that. Just like, if you've smoked crack for 10 years, like 
you probably shouldn't go hang out with your friends at the crack house, even though you're not smoking crack, because eventually <laughs> you're going to be a crackhead again. Same concept, right? Like you probably shouldn't be retweeting these people or like liking these posts that have questionable morals and questionable um, like uh, what, incentives because eventually your name is going to be tied to something that's shit. Yeah. Like we watched it happen with compass mining, right? We watched it happen with uh, tales from the crypt with Con compass mining. Mm -hmm. Like all that shit went, Oh, compass mining is great. Compass mining is like, no, I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want somebody to be able to go back and be like, wow, this company is such a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, let's go back a year. Oh, look at this. LC said they were a great company a year ago. Like, if I'm not sure about it, I won't even mention. Yeah, I just, I feel really bad. Like, it's exhausting to be like the negative guy all the time. And I don't want to keep like just saying negative stuff. And, and somebody like Optimist, he walks into that situation and, you know, Swan's a sponsor, which is awesome. And they were a good actor. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, I hate that. I hate to even talk about anything that those guys are involved with. I like those guys. Uh, but, but it's just, it, it just seems disingenuous if we don't mention it. Yeah, it's listen it is what it is you you reap what you sow and like if you're gonna we talked about it like you said on the last time you were on the podcast and it's like if you're gonna get in bed with somebody you better be damn sure that they stand for what you think they stand for and that's the yeah. huge reason why i've never taken sponsors i remember you telling me that you'd want to have a conversation with them before yeah yeah i i had a couple offers and it's like it puts you it it has the potential to put you in a weird spot mm. where I run a podcast where I call out people who are bad actors, right? Like regularly, right? It'll come up in topic of conversation. So-and-so did this or this company did that. If I take on a sponsor, it potentially puts me in a situation where should they do something that is not in good faith, I'm now at a crossroads where it's like, I can't really say anything. Right. I don't ever want to put myself in that position. Yeah. I saw that Pleb Underground had like a clothing sponsor and that that seemed relatively safe. Considering I didn't even see that. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. They got like some UFC gear and like backpacks and shit, but it, it looked like they have a lot of gear. If you, if you want a Brendan Moreno shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have to uh, I'll have to look into that. But that are you active in Bitcoin mining now? maybe oh yeah maybe <laughs> all right um yeah i can't right yeah i can't turn my camera but there's like i don't know you used to post pictures of it and stuff it's not like a weird question yeah no. <laughs> i don't know i have like f pretty close to a pet of hash in my basement right now mm. not all of it's running some of mm. it is unless it sank in a boating accident <laughs> i'm actually uh I'm looking at a facility in Oklahoma to uh, to host some of my stuff. Because oh. I got absolutely, in typical fiat fashion, uh, in the state of Rhode Island, we had a vote, something to do with the electricity. If you vote yes, then your electric rates won't go up. Uh, just kidding. Uh, we have to save the planet. So um, when I started mining last June, my electric cost was seven cents a kilowatt hour. 
Uh, it currently resides at about 24 cents a kilowatt hour. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm in talks with a place in Oklahoma uh, to host a good portion, probably all the machines I have that I don't have a secondary purpose for. Uh, so I have two miners that heat my house for the winter. Uh, those will stay. And then I have another miner that I use to heat a small greenhouse. Um, that'll stay. So, you, yeah, I remember you were heating your house. Did that work? Yeah, I didn't burn any oil all winter last year. That's crazy. My electric rates were going up throughout it. So uh, at the end of winter, I was, I think I was making like, I don't know a dollar a day or something hmm. but at the same time like the way i figured it, it it was a different situation for me than it was for say a normal person that just plugs in a miner right and wants that miner to be like profitable or whatever right because you're paying an electricity bill and you're only making a dollar a day and you can buy it at spot price and it's better um or you get more sats for your money for me uh it was replacing my power my heating bill okay so instead of paying a heating bill all winter i made 50 dollars a month in bitcoin um so it made sense you know uh, i'm gonna keep them again for this year i have some a couple that are slightly more efficient than what i was running last year to Did, heat the house in your area was it just your electric that went up or everybody around you too everybody hmm. the whole state they the electricity provider got bought out which which actually <laughs> so as much as i like to bitch about the system every once in a while the system drops a gem on you and um i had racked up i don't know pretty close to three thousand dollars um in electricity that i was like paying the minimum on every, every month right and uh the electricity provider got bought out by a new electricity provider. And part of their agreement when they sold out was all of their delinquent accounts were wiped clean. So they wiped like $3,000 in debt. So I got to keep all that. Bitcoin. Nice. Thank God for Fiat. <laughs> if I know that I would have been spinning the meter off the side of the house last winter. <laughs> Wait, aren't we supposed to say no to bailouts? Wait a second. Hey, I'll take what I can get. They're printing it and sending it overseas. Yeah. Um, are you still pursuing privacy enlightenment or have you traveled down that path as much as you want? How do I answer this? Yes. In a way that I see much more in line with privacy ethos. Uh, meaning I don't really need to like talk about it on the, on my podcast uh, as much as I was like, when I was talking about it on my podcast, I was like just starting to like dip my toe in and like learn some things. Um, you know, I had some pretty, I don't want to say prominent because that's like a stupid fucking word. Right. But like some, some pretty well-known privacy people uh, in the Bitcoin space on the podcast. And I learned a lot from talking to them and I built relationships. And uh, the more I learned, the more I wanted to like not talk about it. Mm. You know? On one hand, I, you know, I was kind of thinking that maybe there's more and more of us and we're like less and less interesting to, to the state. And then they go and they hire these 87,000 people and it becomes, you know, more important again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, there's, uh, I did, 
I did have this, I don't want to say like epiphany. It's kind of a stupid fucking word, but like, uh, I had like this, this moment of clarity, I guess, um, in learning from some older dudes. Um, I've been learning coding, uh, for probably close to a year now, uh, on and off more off as of recent. Um, but I was getting taught by somebody who's been around Bitcoin for a long time. And he has a very spicy take on privacy. And uh, he, he taught me ways to achieve privacy without having to use out-of-the-box privacy solutions. Um, which I find much more interesting and much more attractive um than simply downloading something right it, it kind of like lines up with i i ha, i'm very outspoken about trying to be self-sufficient um and i think that plays into it right um i i feel like you can't go around and bang the drum on privacy uh when you know your extent of privacy is like just download this and then everything's private mm-hmm. um so are you talking about more technical solutions where you have to be even more savvy um you would think but it's actually yeah i guess sure we'll say that sure why not okay it's more like running a you know learning how to run a computer um that actually like works for you um every once in a while somebody hits you with like a short phrase that's like a truth bomb and you're like oh shit like that was so good, right? Like Weenicus had one. I talked about it with Pirate where he was like, like uh, you trade time for things and I trade things for time or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's a gem. That's like a quote tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and the guy that was teaching me coding said, if your computer doesn't do what you tell it to do and nothing else, then you don't own that computer. That computer owns you. And I was like, it was like an uncomfortable truth. Right. And I was like, fuck, like, you're right. Like I, I turn it on and I, you know, this is, I'm so bad ADD. Right. That's why I have three hour podcasts. Um, <laughs> Joe Rogan actually has a really funny standup from years ago that talks about that, where he's like, do you even fucking know how a cell phone works? Like if everybody, all the smart people die tomorrow, we're fucked. Like, I don't know how a cell phone works. I know I open it up and it works. And like, that's the same principle. Like I pressed the power button on the computer a year ago. And all I know is it turns on and it's a magical box that looks pretty small and it does all these great, wonderful things. Uh, but I don't know how any of it works. And um, like he said that to me and something just clicked and it was like, all right, well, now I need to like build an operating system. And like, I need to like know everything that's happening in the background and I need to know like exactly how it's happening and why it's happening and what's happening when I do certain things. Hmm. Um, it's been a lot of work, but at the same time, it, it gives you like a different sense of security. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually the other day, Whirlpool, there was something wrong with Tor and uh, I couldn't connect to Whirlpool. And I was like, oh my God, I can't connect to Whirlpool. Like I have fucking sats in there that I can't get to. And uh, it was like a a tour issue, but like, 
that in that moment, I was like, this is why I like to like have self solutions. And, you know, the self solutions are super fucking simple. Like, don't buy Bitcoin KYC from exchanges. Like, don't store your major stash of Bitcoin in the same wallet address that you buy something and have it shipped to your residential address under your legal name. Like it's, it's like stupid, simple things that if like you can follow those, it's really easy to like stay private in Bitcoin. You just have to be like really mindful about what you're doing. Yeah. And the same individual can even have several different systems going too. Yeah. You have to kind of leave everything in the same system. Um, I'm just hoping to not be the lowest hanging fruit at some point. That's all I'm hoping for, because I talk to some of these guys and like, it's gibberish Hmm. and like, I'll never learn. You know what I mean? I'll never get to that level. You know, there's some people who are just savants. Well, for the rest of the year with your show, like how often are you looking to have episodes? When I find interesting people to talk to, do they (laughs) say yes? (laughs) It's, Um, uh, no, I mean, I have, um. I have a podcast coming up with Max Bit by Bit. Um, oh, cool. I have a podcast coming up with Jeff Swan. I don't know if you uh, follow him. Mm, um, I don't know that one. Oh, he's such a good account. He's a big brain. Yeah. Uh, he's actually Guy Swan's brother. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I have a podcast coming up with him. I'm going to convince Anhans to come on. He just doesn't know it yet. Anhans um, refused me. Yeah, he refused me too. Oh, my English not so good. Fuck you. Your English is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I had Tony Hoddle on. He sounds like he's straight out of a Russian gangster movie. So yeah, I heard that one. That was interesting. That guy's that guy's got a lot of good memes too. Um, the crazy part is he looks exactly as you as you would expect. He looks like a Viking. He's like six foot nine and like three hundred and twenty five pounds of raw muscle. He he looks exactly what you would expect. I've got uh, Becca coming on, I think, after uh, Walton. So it'll be my first female guest. And then after that, I think I've got you and uh, Optimus coming on. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping when is we can that? Next that. month. Next month, right? I think so. No, October. Say October. October, yeah. right? Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I How often are you looking at the price these days? Never. <laughs> I I, like I'm in so many group chats that like when it moves people like oh my god this happens it's like I don't even need to look at the fucking price if it goes way up everybody's gonna be talking about it I I think that the price remains relatively shitty but why do you think that bitcoiners are failing to spread signal about the need for sound money what's going on where are we fucking this up I don't think we're fucking up. I think it's just a time thing. I think we're at a perfect point in history where all the proper catalysts are happening. Um, I honestly believe that the next having is going to be three times as bananas as this one was. Um, a lot more normal people are realizing that when they go to the grocery store, it's costing them $300 for what it used to cost $100. Uh, you know, it costs $100 to fill a gas tank on the car. Yeah. You know, these are 
things that Bitcoiners have been screaming from the treetops uh, are starting to materialize in the fiat world. You know, the things that we were saying after the last halving, um, you know, mid 2020, you know, we were like, this is what's going to happen and that's going to happen and shit's going to get bad and a recession's coming and everybody's like, no fucking way. I made $3 million on Robin Hood. Life is good. Like, but now I think normal people are really starting to see like the effects of the money printer and the effects of all this new money coming into circulation and the effects of just giving the government free reign to do as they please. Um, you know, a lot more people are waking up a lot, a lot of people that at the beginning of COVID were like, I need to take the shot because it's a good idea. And like a lot of those people that were like, no, we should definitely shut down. No, we should definitely lock up in our houses. No, we should give away our rights. Yeah. A lot of those people are, are now like, holy fuck, like, wow. Like, I, you know, you guys were right. You said if we give away rights, like we're not going to get them back. And, you know, people are people only wake up when they experience things. I, you know, I talked about this with Optimus that it's like, it's great to sling theory all day long, but experience Trump's theory every time. So when something directly affects somebody, it's much easier for them to say, holy shit, something's wrong here than to be like, oh, I saw, you know, I might have glanced something that it happened to somebody else. Um, so I think as far as the sound money thing, people are going to are going to start waking up to that the same way they're waking up to their rights being stripped away uh, as things become inevitably more expensive. Uh, as things that they thought would hold value, like their real estate and things like, and especially their vehicles, the fucking auto industry bubble is going to be legendary when it pops. Legendary. And I say that from a place, my wife works for a car dealer group. Like it is going to be fucking legendary. I think that, I mean, a lot of people are seeing the problem is inflation's affecting everybody and the state can't be trusted. I think people are there, but I think most normies are really far away from seeing the solution. And right now they're all kind of like the normie consensus is that the whole quote crypto market imploded. And that was a mistake to be in, in the first place. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure like normies are going to see it as, the next run is something to you know jump on the train with correct me if i'm wrong though that was the same narrative that was pushed at the end of the last bull market yeah oh, crypto imploded it's over bitcoin's dead all crypto's dead what a stupid investment and then yeah. the having happened and the bull run started and everybody got amnesia and everybody started buying dogecoin and nfts and the it was FOMO the is real. of all time yeah. And it was you're the same story, have, the one before that too. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have shit coins. But, but um, your point was people are wising up and I'm not sure that they're going to jump on because they're wising up. I think they might just be, um, you know, uh, FOMOing. So I'll back that up with saying this bull run, as opposed to previous bull runs, uh -huh. um, to be clear, I was not here for previous bull runs, uh, but I have read quite extensively uh, and done quite extensive amount of research. 
um, this bull run as as opposed to previous bull runs, you have a lot more um, fiat world respected voices that are saying, no, this isn't a bubble. Like, Like Bitcoin is the real deal, right? Like as much as I don't give a shit about institutions and I don't give a shit about uh, adoption, right? I think all that shit is a fucking scam. Um, When you start having voices of publicly owned companies investing in Bitcoin, when you have people like BlackRock saying that they're going to offer Bitcoin as an investment, these are huge things huge they're huge in the in the aspect of they lend at least in the eyes of normies they they lend credibility to bitcoin Mm. whereas in previous bull runs you didn't have that right you had like one or two smart sounding people right they might have had a degree in economics come on and talk and you you know there was a handful of people who were like holy shit they're right but as we continue these cycles now you have these voices who are respected in their field and looked up to as a credible source of where i should put my money are now saying this isn't something that's going to lose value this is somewhere where we're enough okay with it to say we're going to offer it as an investment like these are things that are going to draw in more than a FOMO crowd. I think um, as far as like the general population will probably be another two cycles, um, maybe three. But I think you will see a lot of 401k money, a lot of retirement money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part of that that will be different is that money like that doesn't move uh 401k money doesn't move right like you put money in a 401k they're like oh i bought you an assload of useless bonds and then you sit on those useless bonds until one day you want to retire and you're poor um now they're going to offer bitcoin in that in that same arena you're going to have this money where people are just like okay yeah like that's where you say to put it how many people if i woke up to something like that right when i i started to talk to my mother about her retirement and I asked her what was in her 401k, her, her um, portfolio. Mm-hmm. And my mother's probably, I don't know, six, seven years away from retirement. Um, and she was like, I don't know. I'm like, what the, what the fuck do you mean you don't know? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, all your future hinges on that money and you don't know where it is? No, I just have my financial advisor and he does it for me. So like you're going to have that and that is a vast majority of people who have quote unquote investments. So if when you start having the ability for people to or um, investment brokers to invest in Bitcoin with these people's money, you're going to see large amounts of money come into Bitcoin that aren't going to move. I think you're right. I got to say, I was surprised when we broke a trillion and and then the. Uh, 401k retirement accounts didn't pour in at that point because I was of the opinion that that was the point at which it would be deemed safe. And I was like the guy in the office 
office space with my stapler. Like I was told that there would be a flood of institutional money. Um, so I was surprised about that. And I think you're right. I mean, some of my worst takes of the bull run were talking to people and speculating about what the price was. I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to just be too scared to do that next time, but it, it should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I had people during the bull run asking me, Oh, what do you think? You know, what do you think the, the all-time high is going to be before we inevitably come back down? And I'm like, I'm, I fucking dig holes in the ground for a living. What the fuck do I know about like what it's going to do? Bitcoin's going to do what Bitcoin wants to do. And there's not a fucking thing you're going to do about it or anybody else. Like it's yeah. just going to do what it does. And when, when people ask me that, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut next time. And then, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, it. Does Mrs. LC give you a hard time about the price or is she cool about it? Uh, now or like now? Yeah. Yeah, no, she's cool about it now. She was not fucking cool when we were coming back down from 60K. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's cool about it now. I mean, I, like I said, she, news to me probably a couple of months ago, she informed me that she listens to all my podcasts. Thank God all I do is talk good about her. Um, <laughs> that was close. Yeah, could have been bad. Um, but she's listened to enough people you know, through listening to my podcast and like me having podcasts on, on speaker. And like, you know, when I first was really orange pilled, I just never shut the fuck up about it. And like, you know, she's gotten to the point now where she's like, I hope it goes down to 10 grand because like, we're going to buy a lot of Bitcoin. Well, that's hardcore. She's harder core than I am. <laughs> <laughs> she sees it. She, I, I'll be honest and say she is far better with finances than i am um she is a financial wizard um you know we live on very little money uh and by our lifestyle from the outside like you would never know that we live on very little money um you know as a household that makes less than 50 grand a year combined like (laughs) we don't have any debt besides our mortgage like that's unheard of these days. Mm. Uh, and that's all to her, you know, that's all to her credit. It has nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm the kind of guy still, you know, I was very much that way when I was a drug addict and I'm very much that way now where, you know, I take my bill money and my spending money and I put them in opposite pockets. And somehow at the end of the week, I have no money. <laughs> um, so she sees it very much as uh, a long-term investment. Um, so she doesn't really get emotional about price action. She's not waiting for it to moon so we can buy a Lambo. So you've both managed to like um, resist the temptation of borrowing when it's easy to borrow. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, Frito, I'm like a, (laughs) I'm a weird person when it comes to shit like that, right? Like I, I didn't have a credit card until maybe two years ago. Like never had a credit card in my life. And I'm in my early thirties, like just never owned a credit card. Never had a credit card. I, I don't know. I was very like anti, hold on, I need water. You're like a young man or old man in a young man's body. I, yeah, I was, well, so you said you wanted to know a little bit more about my past, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, my mother's been married three times. 
her current husband, she's been with since I was, I don't know, 12. Uh, but prior to that, she was married to a man from the time I was two to the time I was 12, who was born uh, in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, so substantially older than my mother. Um, but he raised me with a very different viewpoint of the world. Uh, he used to do things that I found funny. Like I can remember he always bought like the best of the best things. Right. But he didn't have a great job. He worked for the town. He was like, uh, he drove the plow truck in the winter and he did that for 35 years. And, um, but he would use what they call a cash envelope system. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but he would like get his paycheck and he knew exactly how much out of his paycheck he needed for each bill each week. And he would cash that paycheck and put a certain amount in each envelope. And then he would have his spending money. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember him like buying a brand new motorcycle, right? And he saved a certain amount every week until he had enough to buy that motorcycle. And then he went and bought the motorcycle on a loan, right? Because he wanted to build his credit. And then he took the money from that cash envelope and made the payment every month hmm. with the money that he saved to buy the, the motorcycle. So it, I was taught from a young age that like you don't buy things that you can't afford. Um, you don't live outside of your means uh, if you want to have a happy life, right? Like if you want to have a life with the least amount of stress that you can have, you don't live beyond your means. Mm. And it's something so simple that's been like super fucking lost in like this day and age. It, it's hard to resist the temptation to be like a slave to the system, right? When, once, you, once you get there, it's like you, you must show up or you don't have a choice anymore so that's yeah really they cool. just they just increased my uh my credit limit on my credit card now i have like enough credit to buy like a used car uh, don't like, do it man don't do it weird. i didn't i guess they <laughs> sent me an email that said they upped it and i reached in my pocket i have this little uh like fucking card holder right it's like elastic thing that holds all my cards and i was sitting outside at like on our patio and I was scrolling through my emails and I opened the email and I instantly took it out of my pocket and took the card out and gave it to my wife, told her to go put it in the safe. I was like, do not let me walk around with thousands of dollars of free money in my pocket because I'll just max it out and make like minimum payments. Cause I, I'm fucking dumb when it comes to money. It's like, like I, I, that's why I never, I never wanted to borrow money. I had enough of a head on my shoulders, uh, you know, throughout my life to be like a fucking credit card is a bad idea for me. Yeah. They're, they're sending you like the Lord of the Rings thing. You're like, no, put this thing away. You must cast it into the volcano. I must get four credit card offers a week. Like, do you still drive that $200 car? Yes. Actually, it's at the mechanics right now getting a, uh, what the hell is it getting right now? a steering knuckle put in it and a, um, a window regulator for the passenger side window. Was that like a thousand dollars? Oh God. I don't even want to know. I have a, I have a really good mechanic. He was my grandfather's mechanic and then my mother's mechanic. And now he's my mechanic. So he takes care of me pretty well. Um, okay. and I'm cheap as can be. So I buy all the parts before I go there and I drop it off with all the parts in the car. Yeah, the, the three listeners wanted to hear what happened with the car. I think. 
So, <laughs> yes, my 2006 Mercury Grand Marquis is still <laughs> living its best life. <laughs> um, you got the dice on the, on the mirror? No, 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 no. But I that. did, in true redneck style, I did uh, rip the intake manifold off it and put a Mustang GT intake manifold on it and a cold air intake and a whole bunch of obnoxious upgrades to make it essentially it looks like something that you would see parked outside a nursing home. Uh, but it's actually really fast. <laughs> you should send me a picture sometime. I won't post oh, I it. Will. It's beautiful. It's, um, it's this horrible teal, like seafoam color awesome. with a vinyl roof, like the ones that look like a convertible, but it doesn't actually go yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, it's a grand when I grew up, Floridian. we had a Ford Granada that had one of those yes yes but um so, th- so now like the market's kind of boring we're just doing this sideways slap and bitcoiners are all fighting each other and it's kind of sad like what are you doing for fun getting away from twitter seemed like a good idea but what are you doing for fun i'm not looking forward to winter <laughs> uh you know being a new englander like um being a new englander and like having the homestead like this time of year is fucking bananas anyway like i don't have time to you know my my average day is like i'm up at 5 30 like i get home from work at 5 30 take care of the farm take care of the animals hang out with the kids get the kids in bed like i'm in bed ready you know the kids are asleep by 10 and then it's like pass out get up and do it all over again so I'm not looking forward to winter because winter is going to be a little different. You know, the, the farm slows down and I'll have a lot more time on my hands because I work an outside job and I can't work as late because the sun fucking goes down at like three 30. So mm-hmm. all of that shit will make a big difference. And but- I mean, I, what I see is probably diving more into coding, learning more. Uh, I have a project that's been sitting on the back burner since January um, where me and another Bitcoiner were building uh, an operating system that's aimed towards Bitcoiners. Um, A Linux operating system that's uh, semi-privacy oriented, comes out of the box with Bitcoin Core. Um, You know, some stuff that like for people who want to get out of windows and not just Mm -hmm. download some garbage Linux that, you know, Peter McCormick says to use that's (laughs) essentially just as bad as windows. So you're you're thinking about doing uh, what uh, out of the box node solution using an alternative operating system. So an out of the box uh, Linux operating system, like an entire operating system, you could plug, you know, you could plug in the USB that you downloaded it to uh, into your laptop, flash your laptop with it, and it would do everything. Uh, internet, um, search engine, uh, a Bitcoin core node, um, hmm. probably Sparrow wallet out of the box. Um, some stuff like that. Um, we've been, me and, uh, me and my friend Shinoa have been working on it. Uh, like I said, it's been on the back burner for a while now. But as things slow down in real life, I'll turn back more to that. And I'd love to get that out before the end of the year and uh, really give people an opportunity to like 
see how useful your computer can be and see how easy it can be to like be in control of what's happening. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You'll have to tell me some more about that. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to find out more about that. Yeah. It's been a, it's been an interesting work in progress, but it's, um, it's a difficult balance to strike to have something that's user-friendly and still be, you know, private. I asked you what you're doing for fun. You're like, I'm going to put together this computer. <laughs> I'm going to build a piece of software for, for fun. Um, that's, I mean, me and you kind of talked about it before, right? Like that's, and I, I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine, craft uh, uh, the other day that like my personality type, if that's a thing, um, I always have to have something going on. I have to be like in the midst of working on a project or I have to have a goal that I'm working towards or I'm fucking insufferable to be around. I'm just a miserable fuck if I don't feel like I'm being productive. Um, so, you know, the, the homestead helps out a lot with that during the summer because uh, there's always projects and there's always things to do. Um, but I really found like a place that like massages that part of my personality uh, encoding and um what one of those projects could be ourselves are you doing anything uh focused on your own health these days hmm uh i started working out again which is fucking weird because i hate that mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean that uh, again right everything comes out of like practical life experience for me right so my wife has been harping on me for a while about getting a gym membership. She wants to get a gym membership, not for me. Uh, she wants to get a gym membership. And I said, show me some, some commitment and you can get a gym membership. So uh, actually the beginning of this month, I was like, every day for the, for the month of August, you're going to do 50 burpees. And if you can do 50 burpees every day for a month, then at the end of that month, you can get your gym membership. So I start, and you know, in, uh, what do they say that? How do the, what's that called? Uh, I don't know. I'm doing it with her to be supportive. So we've been doing 50 burpees, 50. Well, she's been doing 50. I've been doing a few more um every okay. day to well, that that sounds good for both of you yeah this year though overall this year like my consumption has changed a ton when it comes to food um like i don't i'm a very simple person when it comes to diet these days you know i i I don't eat anything before 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and if I do eat breakfast, it's usually like four, four hard boiled eggs, uh, a cup of black coffee. And then I don't eat lunch and I'll have dinner and dinner is usually beef or chicken and vegetables from our farm. Hmm. And it's, it's made a huge improvement in my life. I mean, I end of last year, I started watching what I was eating. I uh, found out how terrible sugar was for me. I stopped eating hmm. sugar. Um, it sounds like you got no carbs in there. No, I don't eat bread or pasta either. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I went from like 228 to like 195. Um, How tall are you for reference? 6'1". So it's been like really good for me. And like, I feel like I've taken, I don't want to say like my physical body, but I guess that's like the only way to put it. Right. So I've taken it to what I can take it to via only diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like, all right, well maybe I should work out. And then I, you know, the little voice inside my head is like, you're a fucking moron because your job is physical labor and you know, you work out all day long. Why are you going to work out other than that? Which is a horrible loop that I can get myself stuck in. Right. I can convince myself that that's enough. Well, being in shape could be one of those prog projects that you're working on. Like that could fill that gap too. That's good. Yeah. I want to, I, unfortunately the, uh, the only vice that I have left is, uh, nicotine vapes. Mm. Uh, it's the only vice that I've held on to. Uh, I don't drink. I don't nothing. Right. So that I want to quit by the end of the year. Uh, so that's like a big goal for me and I'm trying to, it's so hard to give up like the, the last thing. I'm into cigars. I'm, I'm actually trying to cut back on that one, but, but, um, I enjoy my cigars. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, I would be too, if, if, uh, if I could afford a decent cigar, you know, <laughs> well, I have a, I have like a, a bush light budget. So I'd be smoking $3 cigars from the gas station. Oh, uh, well, we'll have to do it if it doesn't ruin your whole, I don't know uh, what you're trying to accomplish on your end. No, we'll get together before the end of the year. Um, but do you think that like the increasing frequency of promoting protein via bugs is something used to distract us? Or do you think they really want us to eat bugs? Um, like, are they just kidding with that? Or is that real? It's real. <laughs> um, it's much easier. It, it, it's like anything, right? So <clears throat> they want to take something that is difficult because of the sheer mass and the scale of meat production uh, and turn it into something that's much easier to centralize, right? Uh, you can build an Amazon warehouse and manufacture millions of pounds of bugs uh, for far less input than it takes to produce the same amount of beef. Uh, so it's much harder for them to control uh, the meat industry than it would be to say, if we replace meat with engineered meat, uh, soy and crickets, then it's easy for them to build a dozen facilities and fill that need. Um, the government's aim is always to centralize things and gain more control always. Uh, and I think this is the same thing. This is, that's what they want to do. They don't want you to know uh, where your food comes from. Yeah. Yeah. They got to make it cheaper so they can keep siphoning off the extra value. Um, yeah, absolutely. Look at but, beyond meat tanking, tanking. It's dying. It's literally dying. The stock price is in the shitter. Hmm. Yeah, I think that your approach to diet sounds pretty solid. Um, but yeah, there, there was a uh, tweet the other day about cricket butter. Ugh. 
right? They were like pressing crickets and getting the liquid out of it and somehow turning that into butter. And you're going to have the celebrity saying, oh, this is really good. Oh, it's so gross. Well, you can eat your favorite celebrity now. Have you seen that? What? You haven't seen this? No. Okay, so let's say for conversation's sake, uh, your favorite celebrity is Kim Kardashian. Right? Well, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so they take a sample of her DNA and they mix it with the lab-grown meat and then you can eat the meat that has parts of her DNA in it. Oh, what could go wrong? They have a whole catalog of celebrities who have already signed up for this you can eat your favorite celebrity oh so i mean, I mean i'm not gonna lie that's kind of cool but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's so weird it's kind of cool in a really fucked up dystopian kind of way they're just trying to get you to eat fake stuff yes exactly and it'll work because it's gimmicky enough yes huh it's a genius business plan you can get over the weird factor of like eating kim kardashian's ear then you know yeah yeah. i have to do better than her ear (laughs) wow i didn't know that i gotta keep an eye out for that that's really weird yeah like hamburgers made from her left butt cheek you know what i mean yeah you wouldn't be able to keep them on the shelf but (laughs) so so i mean this this bear market sucks like how confident are you that we're gonna have freedom enabled by bitcoin these days Oh, I couldn't be. There's three things in life that are sure, right? Death, taxes, and Bitcoin. It's it's that simple, right? And when it like when it comes to times like this, what I try to say to people is like, this is your time to learn why you're here, right? Like you came here and you stayed because like the shit posting was fun and like Mm. you got some quick gains and that was cool uh now is the time to like harden your resolve and like figure out why bitcoin is different and figure out why it matters um and i i tried to instill that in somebody uh recently and they they weren't really hearing it but like there's gonna come a time where like you're bored making memes or you're bored like shit posting like there has to be something you have to build enough of a foundational knowledge of why you're here and why you want to own Bitcoin. Because if you don't, you just end up selling at a loss. It's inevitable. You're going to get bored. You're going to be like, ah, fuck this. I'll just sell it all and like take my money and go do something. There is no alternative. I mean, if it fails, we're all screwed anyway. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, if I'm being honest, my, my confidence in humanity has been kind of rattled the last few years. I've um, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it kind of has to work. I'm still here. I'm just, you know, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident, but 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 I, I hope that's true. I, I think it's our only hope. I, I, th- I think we've got a future of bug protein and terminators in front of us if, if this doesn't work. <laughs> Yes. The Terminators are also scaring me. I think they're cool. I'm ready. Oh, my God. Dude, those things don't miss. It's not like the movies. Oh, come on. Um, Yeah, but they're slow as fuck. 
Oh, dude, they, they put an AR on the back of a fucking dog. Yeah, I saw it. It was fucking lame. It like take out a whole out, neighborhood. Walk back and forth, walk back and forth, walk back and forth. Took time to aim. Right. I've already put three or four rounds in it by the time it's like figuring out where it has to shoot. All right. Terminator dog shows up at your house. What, what do you what are you greeting it with? You got a revolver? I'm a did have have I told you that I'm a revolver, Maxie? I think so. I've, I've had this debate with people. But how you're gonna hit you're gonna fight an AR dog with a revolver? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm more into the, 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 I don't know, the polymer stuff myself. I'm, I'm kind of cheap. Fucking despise gas-operated semi-automatics. <laughs> despise um, them. I, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I own a few. I, but you can't beat the reliability of a revolver. Mm-hmm. It, it's guaranteed. There's, it's not going to jam. It's, it's guaranteed. Well, I mean, clocks don't necessarily jam all that frequently. I don't know. It's just, the, the chances of that being a problem are pretty low. I, I could say. Have you built one from, have you built one from ground up? Yeah, a few. Oh, yeah. God, what a miserable fucking experience that was. I just went through that maybe, I don't know, a month and a half ago. Fuck off. 38 yeah. pieces later and a lot of times you'll put pieces in like they won't work like like I, i've thrown out like five triggers and just be like and then you put a different one and it just works and you're like well that's weird but um <laughs> this yeah. is my problem it's a pain in the butt sometimes but when you when you get it to work it's pretty satisfying very yeah i mean i'm sure it will be I'll, when i get there and it actually fucking cycles rounds and does what it's supposed to do i'll be really excited yeah. uh, but until then i have a terrible taste in my mouth about about glocks i just yeah yeah but, but speaking of the topic you know we my, my podcast i'm trying to focus on individual freedom and and uh you know bitcoin's a ideal monetary bug out tool and i think it's the most important freedom tool but but have you thought about bugging out if shit hits the fan and, and do you have any interesting tips or strategies for us that you've been thinking about um this is like, probably biased but i think uh i think my approach to it is probably the best approach that you can have. Oh, um, so I have a second location. That's our bug out location. Okay. Um, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nice. Uh, getting there is going to be a bit challenging if it all goes to shit. It's in China. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually on a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, <laughs> it's so far away, I can't even take my Bitcoin to it. <laughs> uh, but so we have this second location, right? And um, really what we try to do is the life that we live every day now is what I like to call like our test net um, for an eventual like permanent place of self-sufficiency right um so with the homestead we you know we grow a big garden and we grow a different variety every year and we figure out what works and what doesn't work and how much of what to plant and you know when you overplant and you have too much and you can't preserve it and learning how to preserve things and you know getting a bunch of different animals and learning what they like and how they prosper and 
it's all just building this catalog of knowledge that if and or when shit hits the fan, I'm not showing up somewhere with, okay, I hope this works. Um, so really it's just about like trying to gain these skills in your everyday life. Right. And, and I know a lot of, not everybody has access to five acres. Not everybody has, you know, a place where they can raise 10 different kinds of animals. And I know that's not feasible for everybody. Uh, but you know, to those people, I say like, get a fucking topsy turvy and hang it on your goddamn porch or your apartment and grow its beta plant. Like, you know, grow something like grow something and then consume it and know what it's like to like having take taken care of this thing to a point where it could provide you something. Um, like those are skills that have just been lost to time. And, you know, in this consumerist society that we live in, where you're constantly hammered by messages that tell you like, oh, you don't have to do that. Like just go to Walmart and buy the tomatoes that taste like styrofoam and everything will be fine. And, you know, eat all this food that has zero nutritional value. Um, you know, <laughs> we need to get away from that and we need to get back to a place of building networks and building community um, that we can touch, right? That we can like interact with. And uh, it may sound like super fucking shallow, but you know, have people in your life that bring value to your life. Uh, we tend to, especially as like 2022 Americans, we tend to have all these useless fucking relationships. Um, like we just have these relationships because we don't want to talk to ourselves, or we have these relationships because like we want to feel smart. Right. So we befriend a person who we feel is slightly dumber than us. So we can like, feel like the smartest person in the room for a minute. Um, I think it's really important to like build relationships with people who have knowledge in areas that you don't have uh, somebody you can learn from. Um, somebody who may have a skill that you don't have. Um, like these things are like hugely important, right? And like we lose track of these things uh, because we've become a society that doesn't require you to add any value. Um, you know, I, my suggestion to the people is put a group of people around you who add value to your life, who enrich your life and enrich your knowledge and the things that you can learn. Uh, you know, the, the things you learn today could save your life tomorrow when it comes to a situation like the world going to shit. So it sounds like you've thought about bugging out from an acute emergency on a short-term basis, but you're also thinking about more of a long-term Citadel um, situation too. I have such an aversion to that word. To that word. <laughs> it's like- Really? Why? Literally makes my skin crawl. Um, just be this isn't that the whole idea is like a self-sufficient uh, society yes. your neighborhood yes. 100 but it's been warped and so? taken over by uh st stupid fucking people who want to say shit like oh 
one day you'll clean toilets in my citadel just to have money to eat. (laughs) That is not the future that I want. I don't want a future where I have seven friends who are all totalitarian governments of their own that just have subjects that they fucking reign over. Like Uh that, that shit is not attractive to me. Um, The idea of the Citadel, what it originally was when I had heard it was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that is what I shoot for, right? Like a place where I can be 95% self-sufficient on my own piece of earth and have a community around me that can fill that 5%, right? Um, I just hate that it's been hijacked into this idea of like, I'm going to run a city one day, like fucking good for you. I'm going to go into the woods and I want to be left alone. Like It's like the laser eyes that got hijacked by people that don't really see the actual vision. Right. Exactly. Um, so you want to have a non-douchey citadel full of people that you are friends with and you respect that are going to pull their own weight. Yeah, but I don't want them on my property. Okay, so not like a shared space, but like an area that 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 can share resources in some way. Services. Kim Kardashian butt burgers. (laughs) Somebody's got to make those. Come by. We'll we'll like you know get together and have a meal and but like when we're done having a meal, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to stand naked on my back porch in the apocalypse. Like, if you can't fucking do that in the apocalypse, when the fuck can you do it? That's true. That's true. So who, who's your dumb friend that you keep around to make yourself feel smart? I won't <laughs> tell anybody. Uh, all right. Don't tell anybody, but it's pirate. Um... <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's mine, too. <laughs> um... <laughs> so I went I went camping like, you know, you're you're again much more rugged than me me and phil when we talk about bugging out we're talking about like camping supplies and shit but i i learned some things when i went camping like a couple weeks ago i i had bought three solar panels you know my idea was we're gonna have backpacks you put the solar panels on the back of the backpacks and they'll recharge all your shit while you're like while you're walking and they just don't work like at all like it's got to be like super sunny and you got to hold totally still like all day to charge like a battery like a little bit so like I I decided to just go with one and get rid of the other two and that saved me some weight so that was good to know. Um, Can I offer a suggestion in the in the charging thing area? Yeah. So they make this little thing that's about the size of the bottom of a pint glass, about yay long, uh, and it has a turbine inside of it. Yeah. And when you're on a hike or you're in the woods, you find yourself a stream with running water and you drop that in the stream and it'll charge your phone in like half an hour really yeah it's got like a little turbine on the inside and a wire attached to it and that wire can power whatever you need it to power so you have one that works well yes i'll send you you send me a link yep oh cool so much more efficient than a solar panel i got uh, so actually it's funny that you say that on the solar panel thing i had somebody give me a bunch of solar panels right and they gave me oh i don't know how many i have eight eight solar panels right i was like oh great they're uh i don't know a foot and a half by three feet and i was like oh i know what i'm gonna do with these i'm gonna put them on the roof of the goat house and i'm gonna use the power from them to run a piece of heat tape 
and then I don't have to break the ice in their water dish in the winter. Great idea, right? Fucking joke is on me, right? 25 watts a panel, right? So that, no, it's not going to happen. A piece of heat tape's like 600 watts. It's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So like there was like this grand illusion that I had as well when it came to like solar that I was like, oh, I got all these fucking solar panels. I'm going to do all this great shit. And it's like, wow, I have eight solar panels and I can run an oscillating fan. <laughs> solar solar seems even more lame than i thought and i was already kind of down on it um the other failure i had that was kind of funny is and this was like the joke of the trip my dad just kept making fun of me but i i bought all these expensive like you know fire starting pellets and i had a couple of different kinds it, like it burns totally smokeless it's 1500 degrees fahrenheit you just light it and it's gonna burn everything and the shit like wouldn't burn it would just like sit there it was like a piece of plastic and it didn't do anything and you'd have an easier time just like putting the lighter on like a piece of wood. So yeah. that was sad. So, so I, I learned some things not to carry. So I, I got rid of some weight that way. So I consider that a success. So if you, I don't know if you, you probably have it up where you are, but if you're ever hiking in the woods or next time you're hiking in the woods on a tree, you'll see this like green, really stringy moss that grows off the limbs when trees aren't trimmed. Uh, it actually grows because there's not enough air circulation. It's called old man's beard. Okay. Um, I'll send you a picture of what it looks like, but it, it looks really wiry uh, and it's like a teal color and it grows all over the branches, right? Uh, if you pick just like a handful of that and throw it in an Altoids tin and just keep like a piece of flint in the Altoids tin and a knife in your pocket, that stuff will light on fire when it is soaking wet. So okay. that's like the best possible you would be good on that survival show. Have you ever seen that? They stick a bunch of people in the woods. My wife hates watching that with me. I'm like, look at that fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. no, he's not going to look. Oh, I can't believe he's doing that. Oh, I, look, oh, she's like, shut up and just watch the show. I'd be the first guy that taps out with a chest pain. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, they just keep playing my clip like in every episode because I was the goofiest <laughs> guy. That'd be me. That I, I'll, I'll give you one more. If you're ever hiking in the woods and you have a headache, right? Or a toothache or some, some minor ache or pain. You can tell me um, about the aspirin bark. Yes. A birch tree. Birch tree. Okay. So birch tree is like that white bark that flakes off like paper. Uh, if you peel that back and you get the green flesh of the wood before it turns into yellow wood and you scrape a piece of that off with a knife and chew on it, it's actually natural aspirin. That'll kill your headache. Nice. It's almost like trying to convince me to eat crickets. You want me to eat like bark now? <laughs> yeah, um, you don't have to like swallow it. You just chew on it. <laughs> just chew um, on the cricket, Frito. Just taste it. Yeah. Um. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, man. I, I think I'm running out of questions, Um, but uh, it's nice to have you on this side of things. And um, I always love talking to you. What did I forget to ask you about? What do you want to talk about? How's Frito? Fine. Um, <laughs> I'm, I think when I talked to you before, I was going to go work like maybe part-time. So I've yeah. been at this new job for like a few months um, and just kind of catching up on life otherwise. Um, I mean, speaking of health things, like I've been out swimming a lot this summer. The other day I swam in a lake. I just free swam for like 90 minutes, probably like without stopping. And that was kind of cool. Um, it's been a while since I could do stuff like that. Um, I don't know, man. I honestly, there's a lot of negative energy around me. People are just 
moody. <laughs> and I don't know how much of that has to do with just society and, and fiat. I, I imagine some of it, but it's hard. And then, you know, and then so you, you look at your Bitcoin friends as inspiration and they're all fighting with each other about bullshit now. Um, <laughs> so but I'm a where's the possibility? I'm, I'm going to the Bahamas soon. I'm going to get away. Um, nice. It, yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I, I got, I got zero to complain about. Um, I got to start eating more like you though. Like I, I, I lack discipline. So it's just dude. the simplest way to go about it for me is if I can't pronounce everything that's in it, I don't eat it. And just try to eat like whole foods like oh that's yeah. a tomato i'm gonna eat that tomato like you know what i mean it's we've fallen victim to i don't know the food thing i've been really heavy on the food thing um i did a couple episodes with texas slim and uh me and slim are pretty tight and uh mm-hmm. i talked to him a lot about it and he's super fucking knowledgeable about that stuff um, I don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff, but some of his Substack is like big brain shit. He really? has uh, some articles called the harvest, uh, the, the harvest of deception, which is he uh, went undercover um, and worked in the food harvesting industry, like up and down the center of the country. And like really got some inside knowledge about like why people monocrop and like where the incentives are and mm. like how broken the system is. And um, like he was the one that really pushed me to like, you should know like where your food is coming from. Like if you're putting something in your body, like you should know where it came from. You shouldn't just go to the store and be like a tomato is supposed to be red and that tomato is red. You know, little do you know, Jose picked it three and a half months ago in you know chihuahua mexico and it made its way all the way to the northeast and now you're eating it you know so hmm. it's like knowing knowing shit like that and uh you know i i got in touch with a local meat packing facility and like i get all my meat from there now and it's all locally raised so like that's been really good and you you just notice a totally different quality of life when like you put good in and like you really don't have to eat you realize how much food you don't have to eat hmm. um and how much consumerism has bled over into the nutrition nutrition quote unquote that like is pushed on you um that when you eat really good quality nutrient dense food you don't need to eat a lot uh, and we live in a culture that, you know, the supersize culture, it's like, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's because you're just eating empty food. You're cramming in all these empty carbs that aren't doing anything for your body and you feel sluggish and you feel like shit. Um, you know, oh, I'm hungry all the time. Um, you know, that, that comes from eating garbage. And it's like, if you can just get away from that and, you know, I know a lot of people can't, I, I'm uniquely positioned in the fact that, I was using addict and then I got clean. So like, I don't have to worry about like alcohol and I don't have to worry about like all these other things that, you know, some people may partake in, uh, because it's just not part of like my life. Um, that's awesome. But 
it's food is such a fucking people don't realize how much of a huge role it plays in your life like when you eat clean for a, a decent stretch of time and then you eat like shit for a day like you feel it mm. i did it last weekend uh, oh no i did it when uh when we had covid right the whole family got covid um maybe a month ago something like that and i did it then i ate a whole box of m&m ice cream sandwiches <laughs> dude i felt like trash for like three fucking days it was so bad <laughs> but but you don't realize that shit when you eat garbage all the time and like i say that from a place of somebody who you know i lived on 7-eleven roller food for a long fucking time like <laughs> I eat the trash of the trash. Yeah, that sounds very wise. Is Texas Slim um, on the, uh, oh gosh, the Club Underground site? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. I know he uh, he started the Beef, the beef Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a massive sub stack. And, like, um, how much has he read? How much of a commitment is this? Or how much has he written, rather? Oh, a lot. <laughs> Probably pretty close to 50 articles. I want to okay. say he puts one out a week now. Hmm. Um, yeah. Slim's, he's like a, he is super interesting, dude. Super interesting, dude. He worked in like tech and made a bunch of money in tech. And, yeah, he's um, smart. He's interesting to listen to for sure he did uh market research i think was his thing and uh i remember him telling me we were talking about phones how we were talking about them earlier and like people being glued to their phone and he was part of like the market research team that did the research into how much is this going to impact people's lives when texting was first coming about hmm right when we were like making that shift into like texting instead of calling people and how it was going to impact um social relationships and he's like we did all this research and the research was clear that it was going to be devastating to people yeah, that sounds like about right social interaction and they were like yep go ahead with it anyway so he like he's he's well acquainted with like the the fucking awfulness that is big corporations mm-hmm. so then he made this turn towards food and like really dug into food and it's like phew, it's such a mind fuck it's such a mind fuck it almost seems surprising that people like him and um i don't say safety like aren't, aren't getting more pressure to shut up yeah i mean i I know Slim takes a fair amount of heat. Um, I don't know about safety, but I know that Slim is not not well liked um, by a lot of people because of how much he he speaks out. Mm. Um, it's dangerous to be honest. Yeah, it's dangerous to fuck with profit. Mm. You start messing with like people's bottom line. And you become a problem real fast. You become an enemy. They'll anhesh you. (laughs) What do they say these days? They'll unalive you. 
Did you see that video? Which video? Well, there she had this car crash and they're like wheeling her away from the car crash and supposedly she was in a coma, but she like they Sat were she, her, she was like wrapped in like the cloth and then she broke out of it like when you were putting her in the ambulance. Yes. That was I mean, there's like no feasible, I don't know, <laughs> medical explanation for the action that they were taking. Yeah. There's I think um think that the government fucked up in in the idea that they could control information um i think when they looked at something like the internet they thought they were going to have this new dimension to control um and i think that blew up in their face heavy um i think the only way they combat it now is just putting out a bunch of false information to make nothing believable. Uh, but if you got a decent head on your shoulders and you search around, like it's it's not hard to see that it's not all what it, what, what it seems to be, you know? I don't know, man. People like you and me got to go across several states just to have a conversation now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Not, not, not a lot of people are thinking about this stuff. Dude, uh, I went to a birthday party on, uh, on Sunday for my kid. Uh, one of his friends... They're, they were born a day apart. Uh, he turned two on Saturday. She turned two on Sunday. And we went to the, the party and I, I do, I, I don't do like social interactions with normies. I never have right. Pre Bitcoin. I was like an Alex Jones guy. And I was like, y'all are fucking stupid. You don't realize government hates you. Uh, so like that hasn't changed. Right. Bitcoin didn't help. (laughs) And, uh, we went to this party and like, for the first hour, I was like awkwardly just like holding my kid, right? I had a sleeping kid. Perfect. Right? So I just like <laughs> isolate myself with the sleeping kid. And uh, I actually met a guy from Maine who just so happened to be like related to somebody who was there. And we sat down and had like this super based conversation about <laughs> like the world and where things are going. And he was like, I know this is fucking weird, but like, can I give you my number? Because I don't feel like I get to have conversations like this often. Like I want to stay in touch. It was like really refreshing. And it, it, uh, it really galvanized that idea for me that like, when you start to see people who think like that at like a random function, it's like, all right, well Hmm. maybe more people are waking up and he was fucking 23. I'm Hmm. like, you young people know nothing. Like you guys are the problem. <laughs> like all of a sudden I sit down with this dude who's way younger than me. And he's like, yep. Like we need more community. We need to get back to community. Like we've lost that. And you know, so many people live next to people and they don't even know who their neighbor is. And like, I was like, Holy shit. Like, yes. <laughs> so, okay. That's interesting. You, you talked to this guy, how far down the rabbit hole was he? Um, he wasn't quite at sound money. Mm-hmm. Money wasn't the problem. Yeah. Money wasn't people the are problem. realizing there's a problem. Right. Right. Money wasn't the problem and climate change was still real. So he was like, he had one leg in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this dude was like, you know, the closest to seeing things that you could find. I was yeah. like, yes, dude. Yes. Yeah. I, like I have similar experiences. Cringe. You just, just, you run to people and they're like, yeah, you know what? This isn't right. There's like this problem. And you're like, 
yeah and, and you're, you're trying to reel them in and they're like what's bitcoin and you're like oh. that's see it's a slow reel you know what I, mean? I want yeah. to scare them off right away so it's like it's true you get excited to, and they're gone <laughs> yeah right he's supposed to be going to a uh we're going to a me and the wife and the kids are going to a homesteading event in new hampshire um next next month the new england fall homestead gathering um so we're gonna go to that and he said he's gonna come over from maine with his girlfriend for that so we'll hopefully get to spend some time over that weekend and i can like ease the orange pill in be like actually fiat's the problem Let me tell you why. <laughs> It'd be like, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> and it's not like I run a podcast where I can be like, actually, just listen to my podcast because it'll probably pick the wrong episode and be like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's I mean, hard to get people to like read the Bitcoin standard. But um, yeah, I mean, that sounds promising. That's cool. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we're getting there just slowly. Like you said, it might take a couple more cycles. Yeah, I think it's going to be a slow creep, but I think uh i think that instance like i had where i found somebody who realized that something was majorly wrong um you know had a really good grasp on how wrong everything is um but like had a few things that he was still like hanging on to from that fiat mindset um i think running into people like that will become a hell of a lot more common uh in in the the next couple of years you know they're yeah (laughs) they're just trying less and less to make the lies even believable correct correct and you know not everybody's gonna want to eat bugs yeah i mean almost to the point that the whole fiat system is like becoming a nigerian prince scam yes you're gonna have certain people that will buy into it and those are the people they're gonna focus on and they're going to maybe yeah. lose more and more people. I think you're going to see a strong, uh, a much stronger separation between urban and um, like country living mm. uh, as we move forward. You're going to see the people, like you just said, like the people who want to eat the bugs and live in the pods, right? To put like a blanket statement on it. Those people are going to migrate more towards these metropolises and these like urban centers uh, because that's where that narrative is really going to be like prominent and everybody's going to be on board with it. Um, And you're going to see people who don't want to do that. You know, we saw it when COVID came around, right? Like we saw this mass exodus from these urban centers Mm -hmm. um, and these people who thought that the urban center way of life was the way of life have now come out to the country. And by the way, I fucking hate these people, but um, they've come out to like the country way of life. And they're like, this is so much better. Like, this is what they were telling us we don't need to do. And it was terrible. Like, this is fucking great. This is great. I mean, when you look at, you know, that's almost like a left and right dichotomy and, and, my problem with the right I'm realizing is that the right's not right enough. The right's still left, but that's only when you look at it through a money lens, right? It's, it's like socially, it's almost like I'm not really focused too much on that stuff. People think that's what the politics is about, but when you just look at it from a, a socialist system, 
the right's still socialist. It's not as bad as the left. So they're both kind of two side in the same side of the coin, I think. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. Somebody put lipstick on the pig. One side has lipstick on the pig. One side doesn't have lipstick on the pig, but it's still a fucking pig. Yeah. So my really right wing friends and I tend to see these people and they're like, yeah, you know, why aren't you on board with the right? I said, because you guys aren't right enough. And then I'll get confused. Because <laughs> you're also wrong, just a different kind of wrong. <laughs> um, so, so again, what is, what is your current uh, Twitter name? Uh, just follow. Uh, it's oh. at the BC pleb. At the BC plebcast. Nope, just at the BC pleb. At the BC pleb. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I figured plebcast was too long. Dude, I follow five of your accounts. I, I don't know. I don't have my. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, but uh... I think I'm on account of seven. I'm on account seven right now. I think the last <laughs> one. You know when I gave up? When I gave up trying to like appease the tech overlords, they banned my account because I made a meme, which was like this really trashy trailer park guy with like super short bicycle shorts holding an AR-15 in front of like a rebel flag on his metal $3 shed, right? And I like superimposed my avatar's face over it. Uh And they fucking banned me because I had the Confederate flag in my picture and it was considered hate speech. Well, that doesn't seem nearly as bad as most of your other ones. I know. I was like, I've I've posted so much worse shit. This is what you banned me for? Then I said, fuck it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I ever get another follower. I don't give a shit. Oh, well, they, they I'm, love... not gonna, I'm not going to be told what I can and can't post. Um, but Elsie um, Hoddle, I hope to emulate some of the great contributions you made in just the last year. Um, and uh, I appreciate you joining me on Children of the Corn, sir. Yes, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's always a pleasure for you. It really is. Awesome. Well, well thanks so much, man. I hope to have this up in a couple of days. Yeah. All right. Take it easy. Peace.